baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. This is Total Information AM on KMOX with Megan Lynch. I'm Tom Ackerman. Last week, the presidents of three major universities faced backlash following questioning on Capitol Hill. The leaders of Harvard, MIT, and the University of Pennsylvania were accused of evading questions during a congressional hearing about whether calls by students for the genocide of Jews would constitute harassment under the school's codes of conduct. Several students at Penn have also filed a lawsuit alleging that the school has not sufficiently responded to anti-Semitism on campus. Taking a look at all of this today, joining us in studio, Dr. Isaac Amon. He is the Director of Academic Research at the Jewish Heritage Alliance. Thank you very much for being with us. I hope I pronounced your name correctly. You did indeed. Thank and, you very uh, much. It's great to be here. It is good to have you. Backlash against the presidents. Let's start with that. Um, what is your reaction to everything that has happened? Well, understandably, there's been a lot of frustration and outrage at their testimony. Events have been incredibly fast-moving, as evidenced by the resignation of Liz McGill at UPenn and, of course, calls for the resignation of Claudine Gay at Harvard and Sally Kornbluth at MIT. But looks like Gay will, of course, keep her job at Harvard. I think the outrage and the frustration on the part of Jewish students is there is an incredible climate of fear right now. For a lot of students, there's conflation of anti-Israel sentiment with unbridled anti-Semitism. And I think there was a lack of empathy shown by the presidents during their congressional testimony last week. Certainly there is a notion of free speech that's important. People should be entitled to speak their minds. But there's a moral debate here as well. And it's wrong morally to call for the genocide of anyone, especially the Jewish people who suffered a genocide 80 years ago, still in living memory. Do we have a double standard on our Ivy League campuses or any of our college campuses when it comes to, for example, the speakers that they may invite to speak versus what they allow at protests? I think you could see it that way. Uh, I mean, certainly there's a lot of protests uh, on the part of speakers, and it seems we look across the country that many conservative speakers are often protested and sometimes invitations have even been rescinded um, because you know, the opinions they hold are deemed offensive. Um, but in this case, it's, it's, it, you're right. I think it is a double standard because if these same uh, protests, if these same words, if these rhetoric were aimed at other minority groups, I don't know if there would be this equivocation and this attempt to mask behind free speech. There would certainly, in my opinion, be disciplinary action taken against the students. I mean, it's a very fine line um, to, to simply... Uh, call for the the genocide of Jews and to not take any action just to say that's free speech, especially when actions have already been taken. Jews are, again, sheltering in many cases on campuses. They don't feel safe in Ivy League universities. And again, there is a climate of fear already. And, you know, one spark could light an incredible, you know, a tinderbox. I think it's important to explain what that means when you say that they fear for their safety, when you say unbridled anti-Semitism. 
What are we talking about here? What, what is happening to these students? Well, you know, for example, it's uh, this week has been the holiday of Hanukkah. And, you know, menorah lightings are very prevalent and prominent. They've increasingly become in the last decade or two. Um, and, for example, many uh, Hanukkah menorahs that have been lighted, you know, have been kind of uh, trashed or they've been destroyed um, on college campuses. There's this conflation, again, of I'm standing up in the minds of many for the Palestinians, but that, you know, is evidenced by physically assaulting, you know, individuals of the Jewish faith or people who have a Jewish symbol. That's obviously problematic. I mean, uh, and and so the fact that Jews, you know, have to have armed guards even on college campuses, for example, at the Hillels or synagogues, the communal dorms, you know, sometimes have been closed because of protests or threats. The Jews um, sometimes don't feel safe to even go out or to wear a yarmulke or a kippah, evidencing, again, their, their Jewish faith. And so that's the type of fear. Um, and so, again, coupling all of that with these, you know, outright, you know, calls for genocide of Jews, this is what is leading many, again, to this, this, this as I said, unbridled anti-Semitism. I mean, it's evoking the worst horrors for Jews, especially when many of these students right, had their grandparents or great-grandparents in the Holocaust. When we look at some of the lawsuits that have been filed, the latest one by some students at the University of Pennsylvania, um, you know, basically some of the things they're saying is that the universities have policies in place. They're just not enforcing them, apparently. Yeah, and that's part of it. And I think this gives rise to, again, this charge potentially of hypocrisy or the charge that they they do have student codes of conduct. And, you know, yes, there's a First Amendment. Now, that limits, of course, public universities. Private universities are entitled to circumscribe free speech, but they, in this case, are, it seems, hiding behind, again, a veneer of we can't take action until it actually results in an action. Well, do we have to wait for Jewish students to be physically assaulted in order for them to say this crossed the line? I mean, again, these are arguably, you know, threats to imminent, I mean, lawless action. And again, in the Jewish context, any call for genocide. I mean, it's not only the Holocaust. If we look through Jewish history, Jews, unfortunately, have been the victims of persecution, discrimination, massacre, etc. So, again, for Jewish students, it's, it's really at times unbearable. I know we singled out Penn, obviously, because they're in the news, Harvard, MIT. But schools across the country, have we not seen university presidents change their statements? At first, they were very neutral or, you know, kind of disengaged and then changed the statement, realizing the seriousness of what they said or didn't say. I mean, I guess my question is, what are we going to see moving forward? Did they underestimate what was going to happen here? They may have. I mean, many of them, I think, attempted to try to satisfy both sides in a sense. And the problem is, is that there's, again, a lot of passionate, you know, belief on both sides. If you're pro-Israel or pro-Palestinian, and this has resulted in them, again, attempting to placate both sides. Um, the issue, though, as you said, is, yes, I think initially they wanted to be more neutral. One side got outraged because it didn't condemn you know, the other side's response or if it was disproportionate. And and so it's really led to a conflicting and really dangerous situation. I think you're right, Tom, in the sense, though, they probably didn't anticipate the level of anti-Semitism that would be emerging um, on many of these campuses. And I should note, by the way, that something like 14 universities 
are currently under federal investigation for violating civil rights of Jewish students. When we look at this whole situation, a lot of pressure was brought to bear on these institutions by their big donors. Now, in some cases, that has worked in the favor of people that are saying, you know, that that there is anti-Semitism on campuses. But do we have to be careful about that down the road, that big donors don't have undue influence on these institutions? That's a great question. I mean, we always have to be cognizant of the fact that universities are supposed to be places where, you know, free uh, and unfettered, you know, inquiry and debate can take place. We don't want people to be able to potentially bar discussion, you know, of subjects that are taboo or that, again, seem offensive. And potentially there is a fear right, that that this could lead. But I think in this case, we could potentially say there is an, an exception because, again, this is not saying I oppose, for example, in the minds of Jewish students, right, it's not I simply oppose the state of Israel. It's now taking on this anti-Jewish animus and this idea that Jews have no place there and, again, calls for genocide of Jews. It's not Israel anymore. It's actual Jew hatred. And that is the danger. And that, I think, donors, rightfully so, have a, have a right to say, again, you know, I wouldn't support and give my money if the school took no action, if these invectives were hurled against African-Americans or LGBTQ students. So, again, why the discrepancy, you know, for Jewish students? They have the right to say, I don't want to give my money. We appreciate you coming in studio to yeah. discuss this topic. Dr. Isaac Amon is the Director of Thank Academic you. Research at the Jewish Heritage Alliance. Thank you. Thank you. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 